This week, Google makes a New Year's resolution. Contrary to popular opinion, they're not giving up sweets. We talk about it next. You're listening to The A-Game, an adcom podcast chronicling the week in media, technology, and agency life. Featuring Joel Hammond, Jim Ganser, and Jeff Culleton. You're listening to the A-Game podcast, or as Joe Kubik likes to call it, that A-Team thing. Hmm. Shouts to Joe. My name's Jim Ganser, Vice President of Media and Acquisition. Joining us this week, we've got a special guest, but first we'll go back to the uh, the retreads. <laughs> you might uh, you might know this young man from the What's Going Down episode. Young laughs. That's my mama. <laughs> That's my mama. Uh Senior digital strategist, Jeff Colton in the house. Hello, Bob. Welcome back. Is that your title? I don't know. You got you to gotta get a better title. I, I don't know. You like the... my, my title has never been one thing. That's his title. For at any given point. I don't know what my title is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you a better title. Thanks, man. I'm going to do that for you. Yeah. There's a discussion. Joel, what's your title these days? Oh, it's uh, uh, public relations and brand advocacy is what I do. So lots of, lots of fun stuff. Ooh, social influencer. Advocacy. Oh, it's really good. Really, you know, really being solid. doing social influence and being a social influencer, you the whole package. Uh, I'm saying you're a social influencer. No, that's not that's true. That's what I was saying. That's not true. And joining us this week, that was a drum roll from North Carolina, <laughs> six six, <laughs> Christian Turner in the house. Welcome to the program, Christian, account manager extraordinaire with the AdCom Group. Greetings. Yes, it is exciting to have you with us. Are uh, you excited six, six? to be here? Are no, six, and, and he was talking about North no, Carolina, but it was my kind favorite of, player. It was a Michael the, Jordan thing. Yeah, I, it would have been cooler if you dropped in Brad Doherty. Oh. I was going to say Muggsy Bugs. Seven feet from North Carolina. What's up yeah. with that hairline with uh, Brad Doherty? Nobody hey, man, ever talks genetic. about that. Don't do not do that. Would you? Because you got a full head of hair in your 40s. Well, Stop well let's, no. let's not go that far. Full ish. It's full ish. It's fuller. It's fuller. But uh, Christian, why don't you give us a quick snippet of what you do at AdCom? Let the listeners know what they're in store for. Yeah, absolutely. So as a senior account manager on a, a couple of clients here. Oh, pretty... shit. That was senior. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Disrespect. <laughs> Put some respect on my name. <laughs> That's right. Christian Turner. Jim. Uh, basically run the day-to-day operations on a couple of accounts here. Uh, cool. Kind of quarterbacking myself as... Um, with the other departments at the agency. Christian's a glue guy. Glue guy. He's a glue guy. Oh, he's a glue guy. The glue guy. For sure. Reminds me of, uh, you know, we're talking old Cavs, like late 80s basketball. He's like the Craig Elo. Craig Elo? Yeah. How do you feel about that, Christian? Mike Sanders. I don't know. Mike Sanders. John Battle. Mike Sanders. (laughs) Tree Rollins. Oh, yeah. yeah, You want to be a Tree Rollins. Randolph Keys. Maybe a World Be Free. Sure. (laughs) No, World Be Free was a star, man. I think he's a star. <laughs> when I was seven, they called me Jimmy Be Free in um, the basketball league. And you should have held on to that with every fiber of your being. I, I thought it was a compliment. Apparently, I just didn't pass. <laughs> it's true. True story. Okay. I wasn't long for basketball. I brought up the Brad Doherty thing because I styled my game after him. And one of the coaches at when I was a youngster called me Little Brad Doherty. Wow. So that is high praise. Yeah. I so know. what I was would you? What was your go-to that you felt made you stand out as a Brad Doherty disciple? <laughs> there what? was, you know, under under the basket. Did you ask? Uh, pivot. You know, a hard bounce. A faking out a defender. Yep. A turnaround. Sharp, ju- sharp jump bows. Shot. Yep. Yeah, basically snapping necks and cashing checks. Exactly. Yeah. 
Was your signature move losing in the playoffs? Oh, oh, no. oh, oh, it's oh. <laughs> hot. One. I look at the analytics from our show. Hello. I tell Jim that a lot of our listeners are from the Cleveland area and don't like you hating on their city and their basketball team. Yeah. Hey, that's Richfield. That was back in the Richfield oh, days. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. I used to love it. I used to love it. I lived lived down in Medina. Oh yeah. Just I mean, a stone's throw. Basically, you had a, you had a hometown team. God's Cleveland country. didn't have one. That's right. Shout out to the Chicago Bulls, one of the worst franchises in professional sports. All right. Anyway, let's get on to the topic at hand. Guys, big announcement. Last week, we almost, almost talked about the CCPA, mm-hmm. which <laughs> we almost. just we deemed to be too boring, and we were just, we were flowing. So, sorry, sorry, folks. We were on but, one, for sure. But Google has come out and, uh, and, and put a uh, 2022 date out for basically wiping cookies off of the Chrome browser, which for any of you out there that are not familiar, where have you been? Uh, but it's about 66% of you know um, online activity from a browser standpoint goes through Chrome. So all of a sudden, no more cookies. That doesn't sound good. Mm-mm. Ironically enough, our dear friend Patty Jerkham made us cookies today. Yeah, it, there is a not plethora. Not the cookies we're talking about. There's a plethora of cookies. They're good. They're good. It's They're good, good. cooking. They're good. But Jeff, what do you think about uh, Google's announcement? I, I'm still processing it a little bit. The reason I'm still processing it is because of the friction of where Google makes their money and how Google gets attribution towards uh, for brands. So they make their money off of selling advertising. Their advertising becomes less compelling when they can't tell you where uh, the people who have interacted with it have gone. Uh, or the conversions that they have made. Um, but does it? Wow, we just got real existential. I mean, in theory, yeah. Unless are you saying that there's going to be a different mechanism for tracking so that the cookie goes away, but device ID or whatever starts to trail people around in a different fashion? Because at face value, what they're saying is, hey, we're going to take away your analytics. Well, isn't the... Isn't the the main the main point here. I thought that's what one of the pieces that we that we kicked around was there's a there's going to be a basically a replacement without as much identification ability. Is that true? Like like meeting everybody halfway, so less pr- fewer privacy issues. We're still going to be able to figure out who you are and wh- or at least what you're doing, but less privacy issues about who who I am. Isn't wasn't that the well? The idea is within the next two years they're going to start taking steps towards this cookie wiping, I guess they'd call it, mm-hmm. situation, by just um, taking a, a refined approach to Joel's point. So they're going to start making the the trackability a little bit more user-friendly so it's not collecting so much information. Yeah. Because really when we're talking about cookies, we're just talking about bits of data that are left on a browser that are leveraged by, you know, big tech companies like Google and Experian and you name it. So it puts them in a position where there's a little bit less being collected, a little bit more pointed with regard to the type of data that can be collected. But we are working towards a situation where essentially cookies are going to be going away. And one of the things that's that's interesting about that is it's not just the the ad platforms that are affected by this because cookies are oftentimes used for modeling. So if you've got first-party data, which put a pin in that one that's going to become critically important for mm-hmm. for marketers knowing who their audiences is or audiences Say again, come again 
<laughs> Audiences is. <laughs> so being able to use their first party um, data and blend it with other data sources. They're, they say that data is more powerful in the presence of other data. Mm -hmm. So third party data, take it or leave it. You can use it to you know do ad serving and stuff like that. But where it's more effective is when you use it for modeling purposes. Um, I can't really tell. He's right cookie now. drunk right now. I'm cookie. I'm drunk on cookies. So which, so, which would sign me up for that. So where we're where we're headed is with all these privacy issues and all the impact or the focus on making sure that you're basically what's going to be hurt is like lookalike type stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So our, our your third your access to third party data and your ability to do stuff with their third party data that, that you have is going to minimize is going to be reduced. And so, like you said earlier, I think that's a critically important, like you mentioned, how do we as marketers then help our clients gain more first party data? I mean, that's going to be even more of a focus. Mm -hmm. Is that what the, what the uh, one big takeaway is? Yeah. Well, let's, let's play devil's advocate. Let's say Christian, you're interested in baseball, right? Absolutely. So, so what are the types of sites that you go to to kind of stay up to date with Indians, the league as a whole? ESPN.com, Baseball Reference. Um, Twib. That's, no, that's, no. <laughs> that's, a, that's an antiquated yes. television program. <laughs> it's a great television program. It was good. Allen, watch, of course. Watch of course. It. it was good. Um, let's see what else. I, there's a number of uh, local Indians blogs and, and websites that I that I go to to check that. Yeah, so, I mean, you are a consumer. Absolutely. You go to baseball sites with regularity. You know, maybe we don't triangulate data to try to find somebody that has an interest in baseball and Cleveland Indians baseball, <clears throat> but chances are you can go to contextually relevant areas online and instead of going after behavioral segments and saying, I want to find somebody that's you know, been to Progressive Field in the past year, and I want to find them online anywhere, all of a sudden we're in a situation where we need to have the discipline to get down to very specific channels to, in order to reach somebody like Christian. Um, and typically what you see is when you put a contextually relevant ad in an environment um, that matches up well with the content that you're going to in the first place, you tend to see better results. So uh, tell me this, who, yeah. ben who benefits in this? So the sources of relevant and consistently updating data, web-based. So when TWIB, This Week in Baseball, comes back and becomes a juggernaut of <laughs> digital baseball analytics, sure. yeah. uh, it becomes a significantly higher rent district for serving ads, trying to develop those first-party audiences, not being able to mash up third-party data. Who wins is those that have the most first-party data. I think one of the interesting things about it to me is that um, these these big organizations do see privacy and personal privacy as enough of a potential market disruptor and groundswell that like an individual person uh, could stop using their uh, tools because of it, that they are willing to take these uh, measures in advance. I'm just going to say that ad technology ad platforms are like water, they're going to find a way. It's going to get to where it needs to go. Just because you strip away behavioral targeting doesn't necessarily mean that we're not going to be able to do the things that we do. There's going to be different ways to track data. There's going to be better ways of closing the loop. And I think it, you know, I'm optimistic enough to know that we can do it in a way that's also going to potentially 
protect the privacy of end users. So that was my my hopeful speech in January of 2020. We'll talk again in June and see how well. Question for you then: I am. Do you think this is much ado about nothing? No, I think it's a big deal. Okay, I think it's I think it's a really big deal. It, it's a big deal to us as marketers. What about what are your thoughts on the general consumer? Do they care? Well, one of our listeners, uh, the aforementioned uh, Joe Kubik, actually a big fan of cookies. Here's why. Because when he goes on Amazon, he's got like the entire history of everything he's looked at. He mm-hmm. finds incredible convenience in that. I love that. There's, there is actually a lot to like in terms of cookie tracking for, from a consumer standpoint. It's not all bad. It's not all Agreed. bad. You know, I mean, people like us, we spoon feed to the, the rest of the world that, hey, we're giving you something contextually relevant. This is actually better for you. You know, it's it's kind of a convenient argument, but at the same time, there is a certain level of convenience that goes along with that. Cookies are not monsters. No, cookies are not monsters. Except when you, you know, I'm like I'm I'm for it for the most part, but man, when I get served the same damn thing one million times, that's when it like, oh man, how beneficial is this? Does that so? Does that by uh, Christian and I were having this conversation today with a client of ours? Is you repeatedly see the same ad? You're retargeted with the same ad over and over again. Yeah, uh, is that off-putting to you? I mean, not enough for me to take any action. Christian, is <laughs> not it enough I, for is me it to off-putting like... to you to see the same ad over and over and over again? No, not necessarily. What is off-putting to you? Would you, if you saw a company retargeting you multiple times with different ads, maybe things that you had not seen, but they are projecting onto the persona of you that's that's like the bait for me personally it's a bait for me too <laughs> i i have been served with this here you here. got served yes. <laughs> did you did you serve him back um i've been served with this new balance ad for this really cool like hoodie and i here's the problem i clicked on it once and so of course i'm i'm being re i'm being served with it. i mean literally every every single day one of these days i'm gonna buy it so they I mean, find you on twib no, they must have found me on, I don't know, I must have clicked something on Dick Sporting Goods or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, here's a New Balance ad. I do like that shirt, though. Oh, man. Oh, he's going to buy it. You I see it? get it. I don't buy it. it. No? Don't buy it. New you Balance. You think it's a breakdown in, like, morality? Like, I'm going to do it just for the principle of it? Like, no, no, I mean, if you buy that sweat sweatshirt, then they're just going to be turbocharged. <laughs> oh, the, the next person, they're just going to stock them for six months. Sure. Until 2022, when all the cookies are gone. I think what you should do is you should go find a retailer outside of their e-commerce presence that sells that shirt and then go buy it there so that their attribution model falls off a cliff and they never know. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. And they never I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it and then return it. And there's some guy named Larry just sitting in his cubicle, just like pining for unique user 118764Q, who happens to be Joel Hammond, who he just doesn't know what happened to. And then one day he finds you on Instagram and you're wearing the hoodie and he's devastated. <laughs> Man, I target you with that darn ad nine million times. You bought the hoodie, but you didn't you didn't buy it from us. Mm. You bought it from you know one of our distributors. It's a shame, and, Randy. And we made you know we made eight percent less margin. Damn it, Larry. Darn it. Oh, Larry. Not Randy. But to wrap up the point, it's going to be incumbent on a place like ours to not only have the answers, but to be able to shepherd 
people through this process because I think at face value, it seems like all the stuff that I'm used to getting right now is going to go away in some capacity. I think there's going to be a lot of fear towards it. Um, uh, that uh, for an agency that provides a lot of opportunity to shepherd people through that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, think about how much it costs to have your own DMP, mm-hmm. right? right? What's filled? What's filling up the DMP? It, it's a bunch of tracking data from cookies. That's a problem. Now we got a couple for of years. DMPs. We got a couple of years to figure it out. I think. I think some of the the data companies are having a hard time. Twenty twenty two. You said. Uh, it's arbitrary 2022. They named a year. Yeah. Oh, okay. They'll be like, yeah, December yeah. 31st. It's like when, you know, when GDPR goes into effect or uh, PSD2 in, in the European Union's data privacy regulations, there's a date. It's like, this is going to happen on June 17th and you back into that. And this is like, hey, you know, in 2022, we're coming for your cookies. <laughs> at one, it at, leaves at, some latitude. At, at what point... In your adult life, do you just stop saying um, 2022? 20, 22? It's like 2022. We... It's like I used to be like 1989. Yeah. No. But now I'd have to be. Well, actually, you would say 1989. What do you? you say in for this year? Look, look. look. Two th- it's 2020. <laughs> this week in Bay. Ah, there it is. Don't I got to tell you, that's Don't a nice looking. It. That's not, isn't it nice? That is nice. I like, by the way, I like those shoes that are next to it too. I've seen. Why don't, I've don't we do, why don't we do a screenshot and then uh, tweet it out to our, our faithful. So that somebody somebody in our audience of just, rabid just fans might in fact put the disclaimer buy the shirt that Joel buy this. No, Joel's I'm wearing. thinking they buy it for you and send it as a gift to the agency, which mm. is, is 1370 West 6th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44114. Maybe Morgan's mom will send it. Morgan's well, mom, if you're listening. Tweet tweet back at us at the A-Game Podcast and let us know if you think it's too tight a shirt for Joel. Mm. It looks like it's very form He's a svelte guy. I mean, I and have... hashtag that with TWIB. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody out there that doesn't know about this week in baseball, just, <laughs> go, just, just, go, just to go, go to YouTube because there are some excellent deep dive. Well, and the best part of it is all four of us are contemporaries within a couple of years, and we're all sports fans. And you can remember when this week in baseball Every came Every Saturday out. at 11 a.m. Every Saturday. It was amazing. Oh, Love well, baseball, hate baseball, whatever. This week in baseball was on. You were yeah. watching. Oh, twip notes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I was just having the conversation yeah. with a buddy of mine about this week in baseball. Was Mel Allen, was he like a Harry Carey type? Like just, did he come into the voiceover booth like with a bottle? Just like, what I, do I need to do today? All over yes, the place. Exactly. I think everybody was drunk back then. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> but what, what was Bob Euchre doing? Euch was drunk. I mean, Pat Summerall? <laughs> was, was there anybody more drunk? Liver transplant. Yeah. Is that true? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, God. I don't. I, he wrote not a to very make, famous book about his struggles. We're not going to get sued for still slander, are Speaking? we? Speaking <laughs> slander? No, maybe karma police. I mean, if the guy wrote about it, I karma mean, chameleon. I think it's public. Speaking of karma chameleon, great you song. come and go. Not today. Not today. Not today. You're not here. so fast, my friend. Um, I thought we'd do something a little bit different this week. Love different. I love different. Different. Strange. Fun. Do simple better. That's what Joe Madden would say if he was here. Mm. Joe Madden, the the last untainted manager that won a World Series. <laughs> anybody else been fired, Joe? You're looking at Twitter. Has anybody else been fired? Well, yeah, let's check since it out. we've uh, know, since we've been on the air. 
I know, I know David Mar- Dave Martinez also just won, but he's also on the Madden tree, so he's no, basically everyone else uh, seems to be still employed. Yeah, Tito, Tito's fine. <laughs> yeah, so far. But I thought this week we talk a little bit about um, a lighter lighter topic with marketing and the impact of music in marketing because our good friend Christian is not only a big fan of music, he's also an artist, and when I say an artist, he's a musician. So I thought we have a little bit of fun talking about the impact of music with marketing. Um, I think they go together well. It's also one of those topics where, depending on what side of the aisle you're on, some people have um, polarizing opinions. <laughs> Far be it from people to have polarizing opinions. Yeah, <laughs> polarizing opinions. And one one example that I'll just toss out there um, is, uh, Wait, what was I going to say? Lost it. I lost it. That's too bad. That is polarizing. That is polarizing. I have, so Christian is like an insanely deep well of things that he knows with a degree of minutia that when he says them, (laughs) I go, whoa. It's just like, it blows me away. So I have, I want, I have two questions. Yes. They're going to be, I I think I'll be able to telegraph them to you. Favorite, so Christian is a huge Rolling Stones, huge Aerosmith fan. What is your favorite popular song that's then been turned into a commercial? So I was, I've been thinking about this for a little bit. So the Rolling Stones did something very interesting. So with the launch of, I believe it was Windows 98, if you remember... Oh, that was hot in the streets. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love watching Bal- those Balmer, videos. Balmer was, oh, was yes. that 95 or 98? Somebody will correct me on that, but either 95 or 98, that dude was, that, he was leveled up. Yes. At that launch. At that launch playing oh, air guitar. So, you, you've so, seen the video from that uh, oh, comedian. Oh, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah, 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 the best. Yeah, great. Absolutely. So, so the Rolling Stones licensed or gave permission for, I'm sure, a huge price tag to use the song Start Me Up yeah. for that launch. Then, I just find this so fascinating, like two, three, four years later, they saw the rights to the song She's a Rainbow to Apple when they launched the iMac. Remember that commercial? She comes in colors everywhere uh-huh. and like all the different colors of the uh, iMac. So the hot, hot iMac. Just super interesting how they, who knows if they played both sides, but, um, you know, did one thing for Microsoft, did another for Mac. Aerosmith, I believe, is the first band. They essentially, they didn't start streaming, but they were the first band where you could, I believe this is with the release of Big Ones, their greatest hits package of their later era career, later era career that's now 25 years ago. Yeah, right. Um, They could do a greatest hit of big ones. Exactly. So when they released that uh, CD, there was a little flyer in there to go to a website to download one of the new songs that was on um, that compilation. So they were essentially the first band to have a song where you could go on the internet, which was still... You know, relatively new in yeah. nineteen late nineteen ninety four, early nineteen ninety five when, Real this, new, when yeah. this all happened. Pioneers. Yeah. So what is the worst all time sellout popular song that's been used and or licensed for marketing? That's a great question. And the one that's coming to my head, which I don't know if it was used it was used to market a movie, is that that's fine with terrible me. 
Smash Mouth song, All Star. Oh, Didn't they is, how promote you? Shrek? I, do you love it? No. Oh, of it's not. an awful. It, it you is. should see the body language on Joel right oh. now. <laughs> no, I was I was watching. So Christian mentioned the the launch of the of Windows ninety five. So I went back to that comedian's Twitter <laughs> account and watched his, his analysis of. The, you've seen the. That. I haven't seen the analysis, but I know it's like Bill Gates and Balmer, Balmer. like playing air guitar, like with no, their no, no, legs. No, no. The best part is it's Balmer. Just going full Bulmer. This then, comedian's VO of it is Bill hilarious. Gates, Bill Gates is trying to have fun. His face yeah. is trying to have fun. His body's trying to have fun. And, his and they're soul like jumping around and they just look it. terrible. Amazing. Yeah. They're pleated pants. They're high-waisted. Oh, yeah, pleated so khakis. Yeah. They're um, and Balmer, Nike monarchs. Bulmer, who has not changed a single bit, it appears, just like kicking he his legs. He still does the same thing at Clippers games. Pumping his Has fist. He, he's at least shaved his head. Right, because oh, his yeah. his male pattern baldness in that yeah. strong, that old it video was, was, was was pretty bad. Yeah, it was yeah. a strong. On a scale of one to Balmer, it was Balmer times two. It was <laughs> it's double Balmer. He went full Balmer. He went full Balmer. Do you have? You're also a, a huge lover of music, particularly vinyl. Yes. Is there? Do you have? Or is there uh, music that you love that has been paired in marketing and or vice versa? Um, I've I've got more of a, a general take on it. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to, I've kind of come full circle on this. I used to, you know, as soon as I heard a song from a band that I really enjoyed um, show up in a commercial, it used to bother me. Oh, it would yeah. like grate at me. You're a hater. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of artists, artists that, frankly, just are trying to get their music out there. And and when you think about it, I mean, and you see a couple tricks that um, a lot of savvy marketers will use typically when you need to use a, a song in a commercial you have to go through the whole trademark process uh, the the royalties painful you, yeah a, it's I mean, painful b it's 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 expensive and yeah i mean you've got to go through i think if you actually want to use like a cover like a lot of savvy marketers will use covers and that way you just have to go through the publisher to so do you mean it. cheap covers yeah They're well cheap. they also tweak the song ever so slightly so yeah. you're not paying some of those hefty fees but it's like um, there's many examples where there's like indie artists like Jose Gonzalez that did a uh, like a, a Sony commercial and he did a cover of a song by a band called The Knife and and it's like he gets his song out into the world he gets a few bucks in his pocket and then the advertiser doesn't have to pay you know like premium cost because they're going through like a a lesser known artist for the most part. And like one right. of my favorite artists um, dating back to my days in Chicago was Andrew Bird. And Andrew Bird has, has shown up in a variety of commercials, but he's he's kind of like an understated artist. He actually, um, he's he's a, a violinist by, by trade, but he's a really good indie um, act that played all throughout Chicago. And it's just, when I hear him show up in commercials that I don't have like the same feeling that I had when like I heard Wilco in an ad and I was just like, Oh my God, it's over. So it's a, it's a, it's a little bit different now. Yeah. Jim, I agree with you. I used to feel the exact same way 10, 15, 20 years ago, but now, and I'm going to, I'm going to hate on streaming a little bit. I do not hate streaming, but artists aren't selling albums anymore. No. So this is a way for them to make money. The only way artists are essentially really making money is merchandising, touring, 
um, and it, touring not only concert tickets but these meet and greets. All yeah. of these bands are charging thousands of dollars to for fans to um, go take their picture with them. You know, ask a couple questions. You know, before the show, and that's it. That is hyper lucrative, and selling their music to be used in marketing and advertising situations. Which now I get it, but like I said, you know, 15 years ago, it was what the hell are these guys doing? Yeah, it's it's definitely less taboo nowadays. Yeah. Quick quick story from the the Ganser Vault of back when I was in Chicago. I I started off in media at a company called Starcom. Shouts to Starcom. Um, they're they kind of There's the half a dozen shouts. <laughs> He's done today. Do you do have a little bit? A lot of SOs. Baker's I'm, does. Baker's does. I just I feel like I'm on stage. No, I'm just, not about to go full bomber over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, you never go full bomber. But anyway, I mean, Starcom originated out of Leo Burnett, and Leo Burnett was in the same building, and there was an agreement when Leo Burnett was producing commercials, and they would have songs licensed that the bands for those songs would have to agree to come to the Leo Burnett offices and perform. Whoa. So, that's awesome. That's so, you so would, cool. It would be like Tuesday, and this was this actually happened, and be like Tuesday at 1 o'clock, and be like, oh, you know, we're going up to 21, and Chris Brown's performing at 1 o'clock. And you'd go up there, and you'd drink a beer, you'd watch them perform like in a conference room. Uh, that's crazy. That's awesome. For like 25 minutes. And some of the artists, you could tell they were just pained being in there. Like, what am I doing here? Yeah, there was there was a year where... What do I have to do today? Sarah McLaughlin. I, I had the day off. It was it was uh, Lollapalooza, and, and my wife Sarah and I went into the offices at Starcom because Spoon was playing at like 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> and Britt Daniel of Spoon looked so pained. Like, he was just like, what have I done? (laughs) What have I done? And I kind of felt bad, too. I felt bad for him, but it was kind of cool that... Sure. You know, just as, you know, a a young kid trying to make it into the advertising world to to work at a company where, you know, Chris Brown's just hanging out in the building and he's got to, you know, do a four-song set. It's like Chris Brown's hanging out in your building, you better protect your neck. That's right. (laughs) I mean, that was... Keep your hands up. Allegedly. Allegedly. He was still squeaky clean back then, at least allegedly. But doing double yeah, mint I commercials. Mean, <laughs> did he do a double mint yes, commercial? Yeah. Ooh, that's a that's a placement. They really yeah, but did. that was that was that was pretty fun. Um, it was fun and it was it was weird simultaneously just to to kind of see them feel like oh god this is the this is the epitome of of selling out. I'll tell you what band would not bat an eye to any of those opportunities. Smash Mouth, Kiss. Ooh, but. <laughs> I also think that KISS are kind of genius marketers, um, but they have just, I mean, it's a little ridiculous to see some of their merchandise out there. Do you know that they sell a product, it is an empty plastic bag with KISS branding on it titled Air Guitar Strings, and there's nothing in it. That is a real thing. People buy it. Who's who's making the money on this stuff? I don't know that I don't know that it's Paul Stanley. You think it's just Gene? I think it's Paul and Gene. You think, you think just, so? Yeah. Ugh. You know what I hate when somebody has their dandruff. entire <laughs> dandruff's not great. <laughs> you probably don't have to deal with dandruff too much. Oh, right? zing! It's not about hair; it's about scalp. And I do still have a scalp. Yeah. It's there's a there's a lot of awareness being dropped mm-hmm. on this episode. Of the yeah, of well, a, lot, you, a lot of scalp. You're going to learn something today. <laughs> You're going to learn today. <laughs> Wait, what was I talking about? 
before you interrupted with your Gene you you know Simmons, what you hate. Gene and no, Paul. You know what you hate. Money. You know what you hate. And then Jeff interrupted, of course, with Dandruff. Oh, yeah. Dandr- well, he, in Jeff's defense, he does hate Dandruff. Yeah, always have. Yeah, get, get money. Yeah. Um, what was that? Man, I, I, you, you son of a gun. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, been a struggle. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a great time. Are you? It's yeah, fun. great time. It's fun. You, you kidding? Got the music vault over here. This is great. Man, I had a good point. Mm. Sorry, Twitter. Mm. Can you think of an awful instance where a musician was pitching a product? Pitching a product. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Sorry. I'm going to go back to my point. Ah, oh, you had your point. You got it back. I got my, I got my point back. Nice. Here we go. What is it? Rebound. Oh, wait rebound. A second. I'm going to brace myself for this. No. It's got to be good. When an artist, potentially a iconic artist, has their entire library purchased out from under them. Oof. Oh. Scooter Braun. And then, and then all of a sudden, their, uh, their music starts showing up in all kinds of commercials. Right, wait a second. Can somebody give me a 30-second recap? Like, how does that guy own all her music? This has happened a number of times to yeah. very famous artists. I, uh, I, I seem to recall a, a situation with uh, Michael Jackson. Yep, and Paul Them Beatles. Beatles. Taking so she, the entire Beatles catalog after doing a, a, a hit music video with Paul McCartney. So, say, say, say. Mm-hmm. How, do, how does that Check work? it out on YouTube, folks. So, Christian, the, the record label owned the catalog. That's a good question because... <clears throat> I'm sure that the record company owned the catalog, but you have to remember something. The Beatles and the Rolling Stones, kind of like, there was a record industry, but at, it wasn't <clears throat> super well organized. Yeah. They yeah. kind of invented everything. And I don't have a ton of history on the Beatles and, and how this situation occurred. There's a similar story with the Rolling Stones, but I'll let you chat about the Michael Jackson and... It just, it Beatles was, issue. it's just amongst, of all the things that you dislike Michael Jackson for, it's probably not number one on the list. No, I'm I just going to throw that I'd out say, there. I'd say That's the hottest take, and, and I'm willing to bet. That Paul McCartney right. has in the last 10 years or so he's, he started, purchased the rights He back. started getting it back, but I think it's, it's super shady to take somebody's catalog of music and then to use it in ads. I think that that's... That's just poor etiquette yeah. for the most part. That that always bothered me. Um, and I also think when you've got uh, an artist that is well-established and well-known, I, I personally come at it from the perspective of, you know, there are artists that need to get their music out into the world, and it's a good introduction. And frankly, they don't make a lot of money, to Christian's point. It's an opportunity for them to supplement their income. And, and frankly, a lot of these artists don't have health insurance. They don't, right. they don't have a lot. Well, and, uh, but and, like Bob Dylan, given um, blown in the wind to Anheuser Busch, that makes me feel gross. Yeah, that's gross because it's it's the antithesis of what that song is all in that whole era of Bob Dylan is all about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you want to just talk about if there's ever been a reason to drink Miller beer, that example. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Shouts. Shouts to Miller. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to keep it going. You know, an, another reason I've why come, this... It's become a parody now. I'm another sorry. reason why this may happen is, I mean, young bands, young artists, not so much anymore, but 60s, 70s, 80s, early 90s, 
they were just excited to have a record deal. And there's all kinds of legal language and ramifications, you know, interwoven into these contracts. And they don't read them. They don't have appropriate representation. So, you know, they're overzealous. They sign something and it's, oh, did you know that you signed your life away? Is that what happened with T-Swift? She was young and she didn't, like, her representation didn't know any better. So she signed her catalog away when she split with these guys or what? I don't know. I'm not 100 percent crazy. Sure. You would think she would have some pretty savvy representation. Yeah, yeah but she was also, so. you know, 14, right. 15 years old, and I, I don't know who her management company was at the time. Could have just been her parents. Yeah, you know, could have been. Ugh. Yeah, she's she's made a few missteps. She I mean, she's she's good though. She's I mean, got she's, an she's fine. incredible marketing team behind her. What was uh, what was that that I was reading about her? She. Like released a, I don't know if it was a video or an ad or whatever, and she was, she had some song that was an anthem towards the LGBTQ community, and they all revolted against her, hmm. just saying like she's just overgeneralized. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I just people haters gonna hate, 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 hate. Oh, well, that's true. So you did <laughs> so it. We're just gonna shake it off. So, <laughs> oh. Keep going. Keep did. going. Oh, that just happened. I, I'm not too clever to uh, plan <laughs> that in advance. Um, I guess you could say there's uh, some bad blood between her and her former management. <laughs> hot ones. Golly. Hot, hot ones. Hot ones. Okay, we're going to play uh, one game before we leave. Okay, we got to go. And we do got to go because Joel's tapping his toes. Tippy taps. That's right. Um, the big three. Uh, Google, Facebook, Amazon. Bring a full circle. <laughs> If they were a band, oh. who would they be? I'm going to give Jeff Google. Go. So Google, ooh, <laughs> Google's the Eagles. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I need to know why. Google's a good catalog. On a dog. Give me Facebook. Give, give me Facebook. <laughs> give me Facebook. Great catalog of music. <laughs> Sometimes a little bit underwhelming. A lot of infighting internally. Ah, okay. Man, it's been a long day, and I hate the freaking Eagles. How Facebook. can you hate the Eagles? Nickelback. No, it's a oh, line from the Facebook's Bowski. Nickelback. Oh, yeah. Facebook's Nickelback. <laughs> Terrible front man. Terribly cheesy front man, and just, like, bad all around. Mm. You like it? You like that? I like that. I came up with that. Like, It's pretty good. So song. you're stuck with Amazon. Kiss. Oh, boy. Amazon. Amazon's kids. <laughs> just the, the amount of products. <laughs> wow. Okay. Look Interesting. Look at that. I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna take uh, the fourth seat. I'm just gonna say Yahoo. Yeah. And I'm gonna go with Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> just bad parodies that somehow the people see, still keep going back. Oh my god. I'm, I'm, still going back. I'm gonna challenge you on Google. Google to me is like Steely Dan or Pink Floyd. And, see, and here's why I say this: you because, guys got a ch chance to oh think. Because oh Steely Dan is super technical. They're all about charting out, you know, instrumentation and things like that. Whereas Google, you know, somewhat similar, getting down into the weeds, things like that. This is a better answer. Yeah, it's a, it's a better. This is a better answer than mine. It's a better one. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go one up on that. I'm gonna say Google is KMFDM because it's done by machines and they don't make mistakes. Ooh. So deep cuts for shots Ooh, out there. Nice. Shouts nice. out to KMFDM. Oh my God. Once again, one of them has that to makes be, 40 shouts. One of them has to be Drake, like like totally mainstream, sells out for anything. Probably Facebook is like Drake, right? Copies off everybody, you know? 
Yeah. He's, he's more like Instagram. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. OVO. Yes, just, <laughs> just blatantly ripping off everything that Snapchat does and yeah, does it better. Exactly. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, this is a good episode. What did we learn today? We learned a lot today. We, I learned a lot. Uh, you know, we learned that I'm a budding MC. I'm about to, I need, I need some stage time. Yeah. Look out for it. Let them flow. If I didn't shout you out on this episode, uh, shame on you. Stay tuned to my next show because I'm going to shout out <laughs> yes. everybody. Here we go. <laughs> Cookies are here to stay. Christian, Maybe just in a different flavor. Christian, thanks for coming. Thank you very um, much for having me. Thought we had a pretty optimistic view on music and, and marketing. So, anyhow. I love music. Love you, Dad. <laughs> Wait, real fast. Instagram, the AdCom Group. Twitter, the AdCom Group. And the AKM Podcast. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. LinkedIn, we do some fun stuff on there, too. The AdCom Group. Find us. At the AdCom Group. At us. Later. Later.